Why Your Ministry Matters on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I am joined with our Director of Operations, Sean Perrone, and we just want to have a conversation about the importance of your local church and your involvement in that local church and why it is that your ministry matters. As I think about local church ministry, I think about ACBC's involvement and responsibility to equip and edify and strengthen what God is doing at the local church level. To me, that is so absolutely crucial and necessary because we see in the scripture that the church really is the primary institution that that God in the New Testament uses to propagate his gospel, to build his church, and to disciple those who have come to faith. And we have a responsibility to guard uh, the truth of God's word in that setting. And so, uh, Sean, as we talk about the importance of local church ministry and, and why it is that everyone who listens to this has a responsibility to minister well uh, in that local body, there are a couple of things that we could talk about. I mean, we can go in a thousand directions here, but a couple of things that I think are important that that we flesh out. Um, the Part of the importance of our ministry and why it matters at the ground level Uh, the interaction that we have on a daily basis with people. Jesus says some things that are absolutely critical that that make us aware of the reality of why our ministry matters. And and one of the things that he talks about is that the world in which we live in is filled with trouble. Hmm. Now, what that means, in addition to our sinful disposition and us being born with depraved heart and mind, uh, is... The world is cursed, Hmm. and with that, we as human beings encounter all types of problems and issues and struggles, uh, whether that be personal sin or things that we encounter uh, by the sin of other people, and even just the brokenness of the physical world. Uh, The fact of the matter is, is that people need help, and God has called us in our sphere of influence to offer that help with the power of God's Word. Can you talk for a second about uh, how we can minister on that level uh, to people who are in need. Yeah, so as I think about why the people who are listening to this podcast, why their ministry matters, um, I'm actually reminded of a story. So I do, uh, I've been doing volunteer counseling at my local church in Jacksonville, Florida, um, and I've been focusing primarily on uh, young married couples and uh, counseling children. And the second counseling case that I had, um, we'll call the mom, Julia and, uh, the son, Steve and uh, Julia came to our church overwhelmed as a single mom with five kids and her son, um, was getting kicked out of the school he was at in elementary school for the second time. She came uh, because uh, she did not want her son to be, get Baker acted, which is essentially uh, being institutionalized for a short temporary period uh, because uh, a person is 
danger, endanger themselves or endangering others. And um, she did not want her son to get Baker acted by the school uh, because she had been Baker acted previously in her life. And she came because she uh, is at the end of her rope. She doesn't know what to do. She's a member at the church and uh, she needs help. Now, that is an intense situation that sounds overwhelming, and I felt overwhelmed. Uh, that's the reality. This is case number two. Um, in fact, one of the problems was the uh, Steve was throwing chairs at the Sunday school teachers in the Sunday school class at uh, our church, and they didn't know what to do. He was threatening uh, kids at school and running out of the room, and this was an intense little situation, and I uh, didn't know what to do, and many people... Many people in our churches uh, see that they don't know what to do and they uh, farm out to a professional or they farm out to someone um, that is outside, uh, not even a Christian even, that's in a secular uh, therapist or even a Christian therapist that is highly integrated. And what I would want to say is they had already been to the secular psychologist. They'd already been to... Uh, the institutions in our country, and those institutions had failed them. And who else was going to help them except the local church? And I didn't know what I was doing, and I needed help. I needed help to know how to counsel Steve and Julia. And long story short, there's a lot that can be said. Uh, We did one thing in particular. He was dealing with anger, obviously. And we talked about Romans chapter 12. And we talked about three things to do from Romans 12. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And we we had to think hard and long about how to relate that to a nine-year-old and make Romans 12 uh, palatable for him and relatable and appropriate and uh, memorable and a way that made sense to his little world that uh, when he's flipping over a chair, he has to think about how to ask Jesus for forgiveness, ask Jesus for help, and then do one good thing to uh, the people he's angry at to overcome evil with good. And we worked on that. We worked on that not just with me, but in the context of his Sunday school class. Uh, we, I went and talked. I went and sat in and watched him in Sunday school and talked with the, uh, um, the leaders in there. And so it was a body of Christ movement to help this precious family uh, with the problem that they felt overwhelmed with. And that's what the church is about. So that's just one example of people need help and we can help them. And the Bible gives wisdom and the church is the place uh, for that to thrive. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, you said that this was one example. And the reason that's just one example is because these types of things are absolutely common. And when we pay attention to the world around us and we're involved in our local churches, uh, we encounter real families, real people who have real struggles. But the fact that we're privileged to be a part of that local ministry, to know that all of us, to some degree or another, are sick with sin, we struggle on many levels and in many ways, uh, and God has now provided opportunity through you and others and uh, who can minister to these types of needs. And I love the way you talked about uh, it was an effort of the body of Christ to help this family in this need. And uh, there are so many ways we think about what we're trying to accomplish with a family like that. I mean, is it simply just to help this kid not be angry anymore? Is mm. it simply just to help him sit in a Sunday school class or in his, um, mm. in his uh, public school class? Uh, it's for so many more reasons than that. Of That's course, right. those are residual effects uh, when we help them well with God's Word. Um, 
but the primary thing that we're trying to help is a settling of, of his heart, is a settling of his obedience as he walks with his parents. And we think about God's glory in how we approach even a situation like that. And the church is positioned in the best place really to minister to him uh, with that reality in mind. Yeah. With that, you're exactly right. God's glory is at stake here. And uh, another quick story, uh, another little girl um, that uh, I've been meeting with for many months now, um, we'll call her Tabitha. And uh, Tabitha came because she was having panic attacks because um, a family member died in a horrible, tragic accident. And she was depressed and having panic attacks. Uh, And she in God's kindness, uh, through the help of her church and, uh, the people that God has placed in her life. And then through counseling became a believer and trusted in the Lord and uh, no longer is having panic attacks has grown greatly. And her older brother was hanging out with some friends and they brought up biblical counseling and he's a grown, uh, a grown man. And, uh, he was shocked at how, uh, skeptical and hostile, um, his friends in the church were to, uh, to biblical counseling. And he said, guys, listen, I don't, I don't know the experiences you've had, but the experience that I've had at the counseling ministry that I've been going to, um, has been wonderful. Tell me about, um, tell me about the problems that, that you, you are articulating. And they said, biblical counselors tell people to get off their medication. Mm. Biblical counselors tell wives to be in unsafe, harmful environments. Mm. And if you need proof of it, you just go online and read ACBC's 95 Theses, mm. and that will prove everything you need to know. Mm. And so uh, her older brother went and read the 95 Theses and came uh, to meet me and said, listen, Sean, I, uh, uh, I don't know what these people are talking about. I read the 95 Theses. I don't have a problem with anything in here. And I know what they said was not true because when Tabitha, when we, when Tabitha came to you and her doctor recommended that she go in medicine, you didn't oppose her and you didn't tell her to get off of it. And so I knew that something was wrong. Um, here's the point mm-hmm. of the story. Mm-hmm. That whole family, it's not just Tabitha, it's her older brother and her mom and her dad. That whole family now knows that Tabitha doesn't have to be in therapy for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm and that she can get help from God's word, and that biblical counselors are not Neanderthals who are anti-science and (laughs) anti-medicine, and she can know that when she has a problem later on, she's 11 now, and she'll be 25 one day, and she'll be 35 one day, and she'll be 75 one day, and no matter the problem, she can go to God's word as sufficient for life and godliness to find the answers through Christ and his grace. And so God's glory is at stake, Uh, and how we do ministry, and if we do ministry, and if we never open our Bibles, if we never open our church doors to do ministry, we are missing out on wonderful opportunities to honor Christ. That's right. I mean, you know the reason that that, uh, God has revealed himself in his word is so that we would respond appropriately, and that's by the way in which we minister. I mean, we we can give people answers that help them function well, even with these uh, problems that that so many people face. You know, one of the things as we're talking about this, um, 
we are tempted in so many ways, especially we who are involved in the biblical counseling movement and with social media and, and the like, to, to focus on really the macro of what's going on in our world. Mm-hmm. And we, we think about political problems, we think about uh, the, this idea and that idea and, and things that are going on on that level. But you know what? There are a thousand stories that are just like the two that you've told uh, that we encounter on a regular weekly basis, even in the communities that we all live in. And, and the way that the narratives change at the macro level really starts at the ground level. Uh, how do we go about ministering in those very real, very legitimate opportunities uh, with these families who are struggling? And that happens in relationships in a local church that God has mandated for us to minister well and edify others in the way in which we do soul care and and one another care. Uh, And and that's so important. And all the people who are listening to this podcast uh, are a part of a ministry and love a ministry that where we focus on ministering to those mundane stories, the Tabithas of the world, that will never be written about on social media, that'll never be talked about at a macro level. Uh, but that's where the world changes, where this little girl's heart now has an opportunity in her actions to respond in a way that's honoring to the King of glory. Mm-hmm. And that's the responsibility that all of us have uh, as we minister at the local level. And speaking of ministry that happens at the local level, one of the reasons I wanted uh, Sean to join me today is, yes, to give some experience that he's had uh, at the local church level in ministering and seeing the beauty of God's Word um, in action. But Sean has an opportunity that I want him uh, to make you aware of as well that involves the important work that happens in local church ministry. So an unexpected opportunity has opened up. There's been an availability as the associate pastor at the First Baptist Church in Jacksonville, Florida. And this was a surprise because our dear friend, uh, the current uh, associate pastor there, um, God is moving him in a different direction, and it's good for their family, and uh, it's right for him to uh, take this new role that he's been offered at another church, a dear church in a different state. And uh, Heath asked me if I was interested in uh, coming on as the associate pastor at First Baptist, and uh, we, uh, the Perones, we've said yes to that opportunity, and we'll be moving into that role um, starting uh, in December, there'll be a transition between uh, my work at ACBC and now starting uh, as a pastor at First Baptist Jacksonville. And I want to say that this role, I do not see it as a disconnect from my ministry at ACBC. ACBC, as Dale has articulated and as Heath has articulated, um, is about the local church. And uh, I'm so thankful to now uh, be a part of the ACBC family in a very different way than I have been the past uh, five and a half years. And now I'm going to be in uh, in the trenches at an ACBC certified training center. And uh, I'll now be receiving the counselor's toolbox as uh, one of the BC partners who give $400 a year. And I'm excited to now partner with ACBC in a very different way, but a way that is... Um, deeply connected to the heartbeat of the organization. So I am. Uh, I also want to say that even though I'm no longer on staff, I will be working closely with Dale in my PhD studies uh, as he is my PhD supervisor. And I could not be more thrilled, could not be more thrilled at the ACBC's board decision in choosing 
Dale, you, I know I'm, I'm looking at you here at the podcasting room here, <laughs> yeah, but I could not be more thrilled at uh, God's provision for you to, to come and lead our organization. You have compassion, you have conviction, you have clarity, you have um, stability and um, a desire to see the local church thrive because of what ACBC is doing. And I couldn't be more thrilled to now move into the role in the local church and be a recipient of the, your ministry and a recipient of ACBC's ministry uh, in a new and a different way. I just, I, I thank God for your leadership and I am excited about the days ahead. I'm just so thrilled at the work that God is gonna do uh, through him and through Heath and through the other ministers there at First Baptist Jacksonville uh, and the way in which they will minister well to that city. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. If you want more information about the Counselor's Toolbox that Sean mentioned earlier, you can visit the Donate tab at our website, biblicalcounseling.com.